Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. This is the story of the Watt. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now, you're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Roger Goodell meeting with reporters yesterday after the conclusion of the December quarterly ownership meeting was asked about the latest report from the Washington Post that Daniel Snyder allegedly reportedly may have interfered with the efforts of lawyer Beth Wilkinson to investigate the claims of misconduct at the Washington football team. Goodell said, I haven't read the story. But, you know, we went through a very lengthy period of investigation and discussions. The one thing I can say with 100% assurance is that it didn't interfere with the work that our investigator did. We were able to access all the people that she wanted to access, have multiple conversations with those people. There's always a little bit of tug and a pull with particularly lawyers and law firms. That's something I think we were able to overcome and make sure that we came to the right conclusion. That last part bothered me because who's the tug and pull with? There should be no tug and pull with Daniel Snyder's lawyers. If he's cooperating with this investigation, cooperation means you stand back and you say whatever you need, Beth Wilkinson, whatever you want, whoever you want to talk to, I got nothing to hide. And and even if even if there's concern that, you know, there's some sort of punishment coming, I thought Daniel Snyder had his epiphany, his moment where he understood I need to fix these things. Let's find out. You know, you take your car into the shop. You don't tell the mechanic, "Oh, don't 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 put the hood up too far. <laughs> don't don't look under that hose." I mean, come on. You either want to fix the situation or you don't. That's what's astounding to me that there was a legal team that was protecting Mr. Snyder and and that there was apparently some sort of an effort to try to chill this, but it didn't affect us. Well, so what if it didn't affect it? The fact that there was even an effort is problematic, Chris. That, that's, I think, the bottom line. I think that's where, you know, the, the statement, you know, j- jumps out to me is just right there. The fact that, okay, yeah, hey, it didn't affect you, you know, or, or anything that way. But it doesn't mean he didn't try to interfere and try to stop certain people from talking in this situation and try to si- have silence here about certain things that went on with the organization. 
you know, I still think that 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 is uh, a, a still a bad look for Daniel Snyder and the Washington football team and the NFL in general. You know, and again, I mean, yeah, didn't read the story. I'm sure he's very aware of this story, very aware, and I doubt that he didn't read it. Uh, I, I would think, again, how would he have not read it? I mean, th- th- that had to be one of the main conversations that Roger Goodell had with uh, a small circle of owners as far as how to handle this. You know, yeah, you can diffuse it and say, I haven't read it. Sure. Um, but uh, I don't buy that. He's he's aware of all the circumstances around this this situation. This is big. It's big for the league. Um, but I think the, the thing that you talked about is is probably the thing that jumps out to me, too. You know, yeah, okay, 100% assurance that it didn't interfere with the work. All right, I mean, maybe. That's hard to get to 100%. Either way, there was an effort to interfere, and I think that's what we're talking about. That that part's still troubling when, like you said, you're trying to get things right, not trying to, you know, swipe a few things under the rug once again. The saying is the cover-up is worse than the crime, not the cover-up is worse than the crime unless the attempted cover-up didn't work. I mean, an attempted cover-up is just as bad as a cover-up. An attempted crime is a crime. And that's what was so astounding about this. Well, it didn't affect the investigation. So what? It shouldn't have happened. And this is another reason why they didn't generate a report. As we said yesterday, there would have been a segment in the report where Beth Wilkinson addressed the difficulties she had in getting to the truth. The obstacles that were attempted to be put in her place by Daniel Snyder's people, allegedly, reportedly, actually or otherwise. And they didn't want that in there. And I still firmly believe that they are hiding something massive and that they don't want the question. The more I think about this, Chris, I keep coming back to this point. It's not about protecting Daniel Snyder. It never was. And it is to a certain extent about protecting the other owners from being in a similar jackpot in the future. But I think at some level, it's about protecting the NFL from another Ray Rice type of a situation where tough questions are asked about what you knew, when you knew it, what misconduct was reported directly to you coming from the Washington football team that you didn't investigate. What should you have known about this pervasive attitude and atmosphere? Why didn't you step in before you did? Those are all questions that I think the NFL doesn't want to answer because I don't think they lead anywhere good for the NFL if people start asking, why didn't the league stop this mistreatment of employees at Washington sooner than it did? It, it, it certainly seems like that, Mike. I mean, I'm with you. It does seem like there's, there's something you know, bigger, you know, a, a bigger scheme, you know, bigger thing going on that, that we're not aware of. Uh, it, it does seem that way. I mean, it does. And, you know, again, even with like, hey, all the access that she wanted, you know, she she got the access. We were able to access all the people that she wanted to ex- have access to. Like, OK, but the, what does that mean, too? What does access mean? That means nothing. OK, yeah, you talk to me. But if someone paid me off and told me not to say certain things, you had access to me. But I'm not going to tell you because I already had access to another guy in his checkbook. So I'm not going to say anything. I mean, again, these I think are a lot of hollow words right there is what I would say uh, about, you know, the statement yesterday. You know, when you have a serious situation like that, that is being investigated by an outside party, it's critical that everyone cooperate. It's critical that everyone be truthful. It's critical that no one do anything to impede the process. And even if the process is not successfully impeded and leave it to Dan Snyder to screw up a cover up. I mean, that's ultimately what happened. He tried and failed to cover up 
whatever it was that had happened. But the effort to do that is as bad as if you're successful. You shouldn't have that attitude. You shouldn't tolerate that type of behavior. And it just makes all of this more suspicious. And it makes me more convinced that Congress isn't going to fold its tents and go away on this. These developments will only make Congress more emboldened. We saw it yesterday in the statement that was issued by the House Committee on Oversight and Reform. They're not going to back down. Yeah. I think they have the same spider sense that I have. I'm sure. That there's there's something lurking underneath the, the ground. And they got the shovel and they got the pickaxe and they're going to find it. And uh, the harder the NFL tries to hide it, the more natural curiosity we all have as to what it is. How, how big is this thing yeah. that they're working so hard that they're putting the $65 million per year pincushion up there with more implausible statements? It was implausible statements in October. Well, we can't release these details because the employees asked us to protect their identity. Well, but that has nothing to do with the details. So, yeah, but, but he'll say it with a straight face. It's part of what he's paid for. And yesterday, earned another paycheck. Standing up there and saying something implausible just to get through the moment Keep your head down, keep your mouth shut, and hope it all goes away. Hey, folks, we got more bright, shiny objects coming. We got a game tonight. We got two games Saturday. We got a bunch of games Sunday. Come on, step right up. We got bright, shiny objects. Forget about all this other stuff. Pay attention to our bright, shiny objects. Yeah, no, I I mean, yeah, they got that, and I'll be paying attention to the bright, shiny objects, and I don't need to pay attention (laughs) to this anymore uh, because uh, I think, like, you know, a a little bit off of what you said, Congress has got it now. I, I do. I think there, there are enough, you know, on this to where it's not going to go away. And at some point, you know, they're going to grill the NFL and Daniel Snyder and other people involved in the Washington football organization about this stuff. And, you know, they, they can put all the shiny objects they want there now. It got to a point where now it's in the hands of the government to a degree, and I don't think it's going to go away. We might have some sp- spots where it's a dead period. We don't hear anything about it, but I think it's here to stay now. Uh, it, it's gotten to that point. Well, we'll cover it when there are developments. I mean, yep. people will email me and, and ask me questions. Why, why haven't we heard anything? Why, haven't we heard, why aren't you talking about it? Well, there's nothing to say. I mean, that's the thing. Without fuel, without oxygen, this fire dissipates but it's not going to go out and i don't think congress is going to let this go and they shouldn't because i think they get it they understand there's something there that merits full and complete investigation and you know the same games although not exactly the same but similar to the games that were being played by snyder and his lawyers to limit access yeah that's what the NFL is doing now with its lawyers and its lobbyists and its people working Congress. They're trying to invoke certain privileges that may or may not be actual right. privileges to limit the information. We want to we want to hide the thing, yeah. whatever that thing is. Right. We want to hide it, and they're going to keep trying to hide it. And hopefully, Congress won't let them. Let's take yep. a break. When we return, another important story coming out of Wednesday: what the NFL is planning to do as the COVID situation becomes worse than it's ever been for the NFL. Are they going to cancel games? Are they going to postpone games? What are they going to do to give teams more flexibility? We'll discuss all that when PFT Live continues right after this. You know, again, I'm kind of keeping the focus on today. Uh, We have a game Saturday at 430, unless someone tells me otherwise. Uh, And and really, we just have to focus on on what we need to do uh, to prepare. And, And that's our full expectation is to get out there with our guys Saturday and go find a way. There will be a game on Saturday at 4.30 p.m. Eastern between the Raiders and the Browns. Uh, 
the commissioner made it clear yesterday. And I know the league had already said no discussions to postpone or change the game. The commissioner said it himself, and he also added that there will be no postponements or cancellations of games. Look, they've got procedures in place that they're not in a position that they need to even tell us about. We've speculated they've got some secret protocol where they could just go out and round up a bunch of guys. Hey, you're short 10 guys, go sign 10 guys. We don't even need to put names on the back of the jerseys. Just give them a uniform and let's go. They're going to play these games. There's too much money at stake. And the extra wrinkle with NFL Network games, there's a certain number of minimum games that they have to televise on NFL Network to justify the subscription rates that they charge to cable companies, satellite companies, streaming services, etc. They have to play that game. They have to televise that game exclusively, and they will, Chris. Yeah, I mean, I expect them to. I do. You know, I like it in all ways, except for one, a little bit where it's just like, you know, I do worry, like we talked about yesterday, a little about player safety. You know, again, that, that that could be a thing. All right. So that's the only area of this where I look at to go, ooh, okay, if the number got so big or like we talked about, one position group got so decimated that, you know, again, signing 10 guys off the street to play offensive line, I don't care that they're offensive line or not. You haven't practiced and you're playing against a full-strength defensive line. Whoa, there's going to be people at danger, not only those offensive it's linemen. Not gonna but stop. It's not going to stop. Them, I know. It's I know you're not. Them. And you know that's where I was going to get to. I do like it too, though. I like it. I was going to say, that's my only negative is what I just talked about. Everything else, I'm all for it. Again, it's part of the, it's part of the 2021 NFL season. You got to compete with COVID too. And, you know, that's just the way it is. And there's no excuses as far as that's concerned. And teams and people have got laxed everywhere, all over the country. We know that. And, uh, you know, from that standpoint, I kind of like that they're going to push forward. The Browns have 18 players on the COVID-19 reserve list. Baker Mayfield landed there yesterday. Washington has 18 on COVID-19 reserve. The Rams have 16. Here's the reality, though. You got 69 guys on your total roster. Yeah. You only need 48 absolute maximum on game day. You can't have more than 48 in uniform. And to get right. to 48, you have to have eight offensive linemen dressed. That's 21 guys right there. Yeah, that's right. Now, I know them. injuries yeah. are going to dissipate it to a certain extent, but you know the, the, the magic number, the minimum required number of players is between 48 and 11, and I have a feeling it's closer to 11 than 48. But I think one of the... Emergency options, if it would ever come to it, would be to allow a team to go out. There's so many guys out there every day. We see the transaction list. We see the tryouts. There are players out there keeping themselves in shape, players who are part of the 90-man rosters during training Training camp camp, and preseason. Yep. Boom. Bring them in. Bring them in. You need an offensive lineman. Bring them in. You need five. Bring them in. You need a quarterback. Bring them in. Do whatever you have to do. Do whatever you have to do because we're playing these games yeah they are not going to cancel these games and now the question becomes chris given that they're going to play these games no matter what what can they do to tweak to adjust to maybe revise and revisit the procedures that are in place as relates to vaccinated players who test positive but who are asymptomatic and i am a combination of proud but also very alarmed that they seem to be listening to us on this mm-hmm. F- folks don't we're, we're just here to you know for the audience's benefit and we, we reserve the right to say what you should do but we really don't think you're going to listen to us but apparently they are listening they should to our suggestion a lot of our ideas are good yeah players who are asymptomatic and positive should not be banned from the team especially when guys are playing the day before they test positive 
And they were positive when they played. They're not transmitting this during games. It doesn't transmit from one player to another during games. Positive, vaccinated, asymptomatic, there's no reason they shouldn't play, and it sounds like the league's starting to come around to that. It, it does seem that way. You know, it, it does. And, you know, I, I think, you know, again, there's the science that backs that up now. I know there's the people out there being like, I've been saying this all along. Oh, oh. Yeah, you have? You didn't know. You were just saying it, and you got lucky. I could probably look at 20 other things you said all along that are way freaking wrong. So shut up is what I want to say to some of those people. Like, shut up. Okay. But, yes. Ultimately, I think the science, you know, is showing, you know, there, there is some proof to that. That makes sense. I think if they do that and then get back to, again, something that's happening up here in, you know, the tri-state area, the New Jersey, New York, Connecticut area, especially New York, it's about to happen. Like masks are about to go back on up here. That's, that's about to happen. You know, it's, it's kind of caught fire up here in this area once again. And, uh, you know, that's still one of the best ways to prevent transmission. And I would imagine at some point here that the NFL is going to have to start going, no, no, we need masks in the facility, you know, mandated 100% of the time. It's just the way it's got to go. I think if, you know, you can do that along with what you're saying, players can feel safe, feel good, and, you know, hopefully we can limit the amount of guys that are out of a football game on a given week. We've had the masks back on for a while here. Now, it's kind of like honor system. If you're vaccinated, you don't need to wear a mask. If you're unvaccinated, wear a mask. What it boils down to is the people who are vaccinated wear the masks and the people who are unvaccinated don't, but that's just kind of how it works. Yeah, it's not going to matter here anymore, I don't think. I think it's vaccinated well, or not, you're going to have to put the mask yeah. on. Yeah. And, and the NFL needs to adjust to where things currently are, and they yeah. need to come up with ways to prevent the spread of the virus in the facility. I'm a big proponent of daily testing. The NFLPA is back on the we should test everyone every day train right. vaccinated or not the nfl was urging that back in september and they went i told you so yesterday on the nfl although i don't know that's the best way to to reach the, the right you know it's a tenuous delicate relationship you don't need to be dunking on the nfl you were right okay just be happy you were right and let's focus on getting it right the nfl's position is testing doesn't really matter it doesn't limit the spread because the nfl believes most of these cases are happening where chris not in the facility guys going to the bar guys going to a restaurant guys living like they did in 2019 not like they did in 2020 and that's the way to get this under control folks your favorite team you want it to thrive you want it to get to the playoffs you want it to advance in the playoffs you better hope there's player leadership like a tom brady that's going to tell everyone hey no more going to the club no more going to the restaurant but we got to live like we did last year until the super bowl or we're not going to win it again because all these other teams aren't going to do what we're willing to yeah, do no you got to be willing to make this sacrifice if you want another ring you like that ring pull that ring out and look at it you want one to go with it you want to make cufflinks out of them you got to do this again yeah and the team that is the best equipped to do that and get that message across and police themselves from within the ranks of the players that's the team that's going to prevail. No doubt. A hundred percent. You know, again, we, we've had this discussion a lot over the last two years. It's, it's another competitor in the arena is how you can handle this and who can be disciplined enough not to, you know, put their team and their players and, you know, players realizing, wait, this isn't smart for, you know, 30 of us to be hanging out the night after a game in this small room or whatever it is. You're just going to have to make those sacrifices for right now to get the, the big prize at the end of the season. 
Uh, that's what it takes. So what? You're getting paid a lot of money. It stinks. I know that as a player. You want to be around teammates and you know people in general. Uh, you know you feed off that energy, but you know it, it is what it is right now. And we're seeing a little bit of a surge everywhere. And uh, we, uh, you know you don't want it to ruin your season. Bottom line. And the key is asymptomatic. This Omicron variant, although it's widespread, all indications are it has reduced symptoms. More than 100 players have tested positive since Monday. Roughly two-thirds are asymptomatic. This is where the protocols have to develop, they have to evolve, and they have to be pragmatic. This idea that just because you tested positive, if you don't have symptoms, and if you're going to be playing games in this setting where it doesn't transmit from one to another, and you're vaccinated, there's no reason to think that a guy shouldn't be able to play, and hopefully we're getting to that point. Because even though the games are going to be played— I want to see the best players. Chris, you want to see the best players. We talked yesterday about Chris Jones not being available for the Chiefs tonight. Thanks. We're not seeing the best players. Yes. It undermines the integrity, the outcome of the game. A hundred percent. I mean, again, yeah, Saturday, Browns, Raiders, stinks. I mean, the Browns are not going to be at a hundred percent. Head coach, Baker Mayfield, there's a lot of guys. I mean, there's going to be guys that aren't going to make it. They're not going to be able to play. That just stinks. Yeah. We want to see the best product. We want to see the best teams getting the, the playoffs for the best watch then. And we don't want this to affect to let some team that's lesser than get in the playoffs. And then, you know, we get to wild card round and we go, oh, man, they lost by 30. That game stunk. Well, yeah, they shouldn't have been there. The teams they played down this stretch had COVID or whatever else or whoever they were competing in to get in the playoffs with had COVID and that affected it. And that won't be good for the ultimate, you know, bottom line product for the NFL once the playoffs come around. Usually on a Thursday, we open the show with a preview of the Thursday night game. Usually on a Thursday, a head coach wasn't fired just a few hours before the show began. So when we return, we will do what we ordinarily would do off the top of the program, and that's get you ready for Thursday Night Football, a huge one in Los Angeles between the Chiefs and the Chargers. My homie, my homie, your homie. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. NetCredit is here to say yes to a personal loan or line of credit when other lenders say no. Apply in minutes and get a decision as soon as the same day. If approved, applications are typically funded the next business day or sooner. Loans offered by NetCredit or lending partner banks and serviced by NetCredit. Application subject to review and approval. Learn more at netcredit.com slash partner. NetCredit. Credit to the people. Treat Dad to the good stuff at Nordstrom Rack and save big. Father's Day is Sunday, June 16th, and Nordstrom Rack's got gifts Dad will love, up to 60% off. Shirts, activewear, watches, cologne, denim, and more. Find amazing deals on Tommy Bahama, Cole Haan, Original Penguin, and Vince. Great brands, great prices. So get to your Nordstrom Rack store now and make Dad's day with gifts up to 60% off. 
I mean, it's a big challenge. Um, talk about one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Um, got got a lot of skill. You know, playmakers on the field. Um, I mean, this this is this is a big challenge for us. Uh, I think this game is probably the most important game. You know, we've played you know up until this point. So um, it's going to take all of us to kind of get it done. Tyron Matthew hits the nail on the head. Justin Herbert and the Chargers quietly at eight and five, just one game behind the Kansas City Chiefs for first place in the AFC West. A victory would result in a tie, and also the Chargers would hold the tiebreaker because they beat the Chiefs in Arrowhead Stadium earlier this year. And it was a win by the Chargers on a Thursday night in Kansas City three years ago that put them in position to potentially be the number one seed in the AFC. They'd lose on a Saturday to the Ravens and squander that and end up being wild cards. They'd beat the Ravens actually in the wild card round for some payback. But the Chargers have the potential again to thrust themselves deep into this conversation. They could be the one seed by the time it's all said and done. Now, they'd lose the tiebreaker. They'd lose the tiebreaker with the Patriots, but still they they could finish 12-5. and And uh, we just need to see more consistency from them. That's been lacking, or they, their record would be a lot better than it currently is. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. Yeah, they're not out of that. You're right. As far as the way the AFC is shaking out right now, and the, the even the Patriots, they've got some tough games left on the schedule. Still got to play the Bills again. Got the Colts Saturday night. You know, those aren't gimmies for sure. Uh, it's going to be an interesting matchup. It is. You know, it, it's two teams, of course, that know each other pretty well. You know, the Chiefs, their offense, it's not what it once was. It's had moments of being better, but man, I mean, it was only two weeks ago against Denver where we went, eh, 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 I don't know, interceptions, bad throw, misthrow, all that. Last week, I know we forget we have amnesia because they scored 49 or 48 points against the Raiders, but even within that, you know, the defense was the star of the show. The offense was good, but it still didn't look like when I watched the film to go, oh man, the offense is back. That's it. No, I'm not ready to go there yet. And then you add Brandon Staley, you know, his defense, pass defense, Vic Fangio's school of defense, Wade Phillips' school of defense, he knows how to defend Andy Reid and the passing game, let alone they have a good pass defense and a good pass rush. So that's where it's going to be interesting. And to me, Mike, you know, again, being Johnny football guy or whatever over here, you know, one of the things I'm going to look for today, the Chiefs got to run the football. The Mahomes and Tyreek and Hill magic is not just going to be there game after game this year. We know that. They are what they are at this point. It's spotty, and it's not going to be able to rely on, be relied on. But, you know, the Chargers we know aren't great at stopping the run. Can Andy Reid here down the stretch in the playoffs just continue to run the ball? And I'd like to see him run more than he did last week, but run the ball, you know, to help his offense out, play through the defense a little bit that's more dominant, take advantage of a weakness of a team, which is their run-stop defense. And most most importantly, Mike, I just look at it and go, you know, we have this conversation a lot. You know, you, you evaluate a team, you go, okay, where's their unit that the money and everything's special for, the assets? Well, it's their offensive line. And to me, they're wasting a big part of their assets in the fact that they don't let them dominate in the run game enough. And that's, again, I know it's always been one of Andy Reid's things, but uh, I feel like he's been trying to run the ball. I, I want him to go all in there. I think it can be a great advantage for the Chiefs football team, especially tonight and going into the playoffs. They had 132 rushing yards against the Raiders on 
Sunday. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire had 10 carries for 37 yards, two touchdowns. Derek Gore had nine for 66 and one touchdown. That long run at yeah, the end, need, too. You know that was you, kind of, you need yeah. more production, just more production right. out of that running game, more of a right. commitment to it. And this gets back to the conversation we had last year about the Steelers. You don't just flip a switch in December and become a run-heavy team. It's an attitude that yeah. needs to be baked into the offensive line, the entire offensive approach from training camp, because you're firing off the ball. You're setting the tone. You are taking your body and you are smashing it into someone else's body instead of waiting for a guy that you're just trying to ward off and redirect and not get to your quarterback. It's two very, very different skill sets. Yeah. Run block and pass block. No doubt. And if you're not committed to the run block, if you don't have guys who can do it well if you don't take advantage of it if you don't build that rhythm think about it you're asking guys from one play to the next to do something that is very very different and uh i i think guys want i mean they want to you know if you've got that toughness and physicality you want to do that but you have to be committed to it as yeah. a team or you you lose the ability to do it as well as you could no exactly right and you know i don't think the year started out that way i think they still thought they're going to be able to throw the ball and do everything that way that they always have for the the whole mahomes era but it's changed they've tried a little bit you know and have had to had some success i mean it it has at least become a part of their offense where you can't disregard it but i think there's still a little meat left on the bone and I, yeah you're right i don't know can they can they change the attitude or add a few plays to their you know, run schemes that, you know, can maybe take them over the edge. They're at a better place, at least, than where the Steelers were last year. I'll say that. And they're certainly more talented up front. I mean, this is, again, it's a, we're talking about a $100 million offensive line. I don't know if it's exactly that, but I'm saying that just to make the point of there's a lot of big investments, draft picks, money, whatever is all there. That's an area they need to, they need to take advantage of. I mean, again, I would the shot the 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 Chargers, and like we've talked about with a lot of great offenses, especially when you get into passing offenses, you need more than just two guys, right? We've we've had this discussion. Great offenses in the history of football, there's usually three three legitimate things to whoa whoa wait wait that's a mismatch. We got to this is we're we're worried about this. They don't have that. It's two guys. It's Hill and Kelsey. And a lot of games, and against a coach like this with Brian Staley, he's going to find a way to take one of them away in some big situations or kind of consistently through the football game. And that's where they need that run element, in my opinion. You know, they're just a different team this year. They are. The defense is the star of the show. They are some butt kickers right now on that side of the ball and very fun to watch. And they need it because Justin Herbert, and let's put this in yeah. proper perspective. Right. Tom Brady did not throw 30 touchdown passes in a season until his eighth year in the NFL and seventh as a starter, not until 2007. Right. Justin Herbert, first player ever to have 30 touchdown passes in each of his first two NFL seasons. Most completions by a player through the first two NFL seasons, 734. This is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. That rocket that he fired against the Giants on Sunday was a thing of beauty. I, I just, I, I'm confused by the inability of the Chargers to sustain it. They went through a stretch where they lost three out of four and four out of six. I mean, they, they're, they're, they've strung a couple of wins together. But Herbert, one of the great young quarterbacks in the NFL, and this is his moment. This is his opportunity. Prime time, big stage. Let's see what he can do. It feels like both these teams are going to be playoff teams. The question is, which one wins the division? And uh, I, I, you know, I've liked the Chargers all year long, and I, I know we're all back on the Chiefs, but this is one that I 
think could go either way. Chris. I agree. There's no slam dunk. Let's not let's not fall into the trap of like just because we saw the Chiefs explode against a Raiders team last week that we think oh they're back totally. Again, I'm not sold on that. You know, like you said, two weeks ago on Sunday Night Football, it was drop passes, it was missed throws, it was missing passes to guys where I'd go, damn, Ramapo High School, that quarterback would have hit that. Like, so I'm not ready to say they're back on that side of the ball by any stretch of the imagination. No way. You know, and, and Herbert and the Chargers have got it going on the offensive side of the ball. You know, Mike, you brought up like their losses. One thing that jumps out to me about their losses, all those teams can run the football. The Broncos, the Vikings, the Patriots, the Ravens, the Cowboys. All of them got overpowering. That's how you beat the Chargers. Other than that, you're playing with fire because of what you talked about. You know, now, now okay, yeah, Herbert's on the field more because you throw a little bit more and they're going to make plays. They have a very good offense. One thing I banged the table for for weeks on my podcast, I mean, really a month ago, is going, they got to throw the ball down the field more. They got into a little bit of like, hey, the Saints offense and we're going to be real efficient and it's going to be six yards and seven yards and bing, bong, boom, and we're going to throw for 75% and I'm going to go great. But it's not capitalizing on all they had to offer and especially their quarterback who's arguably the best deep ball thrower in football, but they were throwing the ball deep less than any team in football. And that doesn't make sense. And they've kind of got back to throwing the ball aggressively down the field here the last few weeks. And you see, it makes the rest of their offense good. Because all of a sudden, when you're worried about defending 60 yards behind your back, man, those five and eight yard completions become way more wide open. And I think that's what we've seen here. And, and I do. I think this is a coin flip type of game tonight. I certainly do. Whatever happens, enjoy tonight's game because there's only one more Thursday night game this year year next week it's 49ers it's another good Titans. one yeah it's done after that it's over now saturday football is coming playoffs are coming but the end of the season's coming the end of the show's coming as well before we get there week 15 matchup draft we'll do that next on this thursday edition of pft live know that and for some reason he thought I was joking around when I told him I don't I don't push off I'm, I'm like yeah I know you might hear this from a lot of people but I don't, I don't like that call man because I don't I don't I don't touch the DB I got a lot of stuff to worry about and touching him and you know messing with him whether it's hand fighting or whatever they try to say that I did because I didn't I mean if you do a DNA test on that man's shoulder there's nothing on him until he touched me so if for whatever reason he was to just collapse I would not be a suspect in that murder because I did not touch him before the ball came I love that explanation, but I also saw a little grabbing of the DB's jersey by Devontae Adams. A little push off there. A little bit. A little bit. A little yeah. bit. A little grab, a little, little push, bar. little shove. Yeah, right. All right. Uh, week 15 matchup draft. The Packers, by the way, going to Baltimore to take on the Ravens. That's a significant game for both teams, Man. both trying to get the best possible playoff position. Some good games this weekend. There so, is. Chris, you're up first. Round one. What matchups are you looking forward to the most? Well, one of the games, I mean, you're right. There's a lot of games kind of flying under the radar. I'm going to go to our game on Sunday night. I'm going to go Brady versus the Saints D. I mean, they, they've kind of been the kryptonite to that Buccaneers offense ever since Brady's been there, other than the playoff game last year. 
which again, I would say for th- three quarters, there was, it was Strugglesville even in that game. But they've been able, the Saints, to pressure Brady with four, doing it creatively. You know, hey, two guys blitz, two guys drop out. I don't know who's coming from where, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But they've been very good at that, along with disguising and doing game plan specific coverages on the back end uh, and having a good feel for the left which Arians offense uh, I'm interested to see how that shakes out because again the Saints offense I think with Kamara and Taysom Hill back too they're going to pose some problems they will I I don't think it's going to be you know just an easy walkthrough for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers even though the Saints are maybe not as good as we thought they might be or what they look like early in the year but to me I'm going to be interested to see that matchup right there Saints are 3-0 and against Tom Brady with the Buccaneers, and the Saints won in New Orleans Week 8, the game where Jameis Winston tore his ACL and Trevor Simeon came yeah. in, and they got it done because, right. as you said, that defense matches up very well with Tom Brady. I'm going to go with tonight's game, Justin Herbert versus Patrick Mahomes. We're looking for the next Peyton Manning versus Tom Brady. We want that, and they're in the same division. They're getting together twice this year and every year that they're on the teams they currently play for, and maybe one of these years we'll see them a third time but two of the great young quarterbacks in the NFL and Justin Herbert with a chance to outshine Patrick Mahomes tonight under the lights. Very much looking forward to that battle, even though, as we say all the time with these quarterback battles, they're never on the field together yeah, unless something very matter. unusual happens. Yeah. But it's still, it's about quarterback versus quarterback. Yeah, they're, they, they're, they're aware. Mahomes is aware of what Herbert is. Herbert wants to dethrone Mahomes. I mean, they, they know what's going on out there. So there's, you know, they're not on the field at the same time, but there's still a competitive desire to let me show you that I'm the man on this football field. And Herbert won that first battle this year. I mean, plain and simple. He made some unreal throws against the Chiefs in Kansas City. You know, some of them were on fourth down that were the difference in the football game and why they got that upset win there. So uh, I like that. All right. So um, I'm going to go to, you know, another under the radar goodie. Uh, the Broncos and the Bengals. Uh, and, and specifically, I'm kind of just interested to see two of the young, hot rookies in football who are phenomenal. I'll say Jamar Chase versus you know Patrick Sertan. I, I, I do. I'm excited to watch that. Sertan has been awesome. I mean, he is a really good, awesome corner, going to be around for a while, might have an island named after him one day. You know, I mean, he's that, that type of player. And Jamar Chase, as we know, yeah, the drop things have come up a little bit here, but still one of the most explosive receivers in the game. We saw that again last week in crunch time against the 49ers. Scores two big touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Uh, that's going to be cool. They played each other in college. They've certainly made their mark in the NFL. And the implications for that game in the playoff race in the AFC are big. So uh, I'm excited about that. And you know I think it'll go a long way to see who wins that football game because that Denver defense, as we've talked about, they can play some pass defense, that's for sure. The next step in the development for Jamar Chase, learning how to effectively deal with extra attention. They started paying extra attention to him. That game in Baltimore, Joe Burrow told me that a few weeks ago. And no doubt. And Burrow goes elsewhere now. Chase yeah. has to find a way to consistently get open, even yeah. with all that extra attention. Russell Wilson versus Aaron Donald. Donald didn't practice on Wednesday with a knee injury. We saw how great he was on Monday night against the Arizona Cardinals. And we see... The Seahawks trying to reestablish themselves, trying to make something happen. What an opportunity for them to get everyone's attention, to get to six and eight, to put themselves in the mix for an unlikely, the yeah. unlikeliest of playoff berths that we would have seen from the Seahawks. Fascinated to see what Russell Wilson can do as they're starting to move in the right direction. All right, we're moving toward a quick break. We'll wrap up the matchup draft when we wrap up the program right after this. 
All right, here we go. Round three of the matchup draft. Chris, you're up. All right, I'm going to go Patriots-Colts Saturday night. I can't wait to be sitting on the couch watching that. It's going to be a good one. And specifically, Do you have anything more? Sp- yeah, I'm going to say a little more specific, please. Uh, um, do you mean like as far as what I'm going to be doing that night before that? Yes. Well, yeah. no, no. no. <laughs> but yes, no, I do have I, thing I, more specific as to far as the matchup. And I'm, I'm the Patriots front seven versus Jonathan Taylor. I mean, that, that, that to me is the battle to watch for. Because if New England can stop him and make the Colts one dimensional to where they got to throw the football all the time. I just I don't see how the Colts are going to win the football game. I don't. I don't. But if there's enough balance there and they got to worry about stopping Jonathan Taylor and company and it's a good Colts O-line, then, hey, Frank Reich, he'll draw some plays up that, that, will, that will gash the Patriots and some play-action passes, some aggressive passes down the field. So, yeah, that's a game I'm excited to watch. I know the Patriots are probably the hottest team in football, but the Colts are a talented team who stumbled early in the season and I don't think are that far off behind the Patriots as far as a quality football team. Again, the Colts are one of those teams I would classify. They get in the playoffs, watch out. They're going to be a pain in the butt to get them out of there. You don't want them in the playoffs if you're any of the other teams in the AFC that will be in the playoffs. You want them to fail. You want them to lose. You want them out. Last one for me, I'm going to have a little fun here. The Vikings versus the lead. Because we know they'll have the lead again on Monday night (laughs) against the Bears. We know they will, and we know they'll try to blow it. And the question is, will they successfully blow it, or will they fail to blow it like they did last Thursday night? Will they get an assist like they got last Thursday night from a Chase Claypool in their effort to blow the lead? But this is who the Vikings are. This is what they do. And this is it for them. They got to win. If they don't win this game on Monday night, they're done. It's over. Their quest to be the number seven seed and get blown out in the wild card round will have ended. So uh, they'll have the lead. Will they blow the lead? That's it for now. Check us out later today, five o'clock Eastern on Peacock for the Joint Mega Picks podcast. We'll see you then. Have a great day. See ya. NetCredit is here to say yes, because you're more than a credit score. Apply in minutes and get a decision as soon as the same day. Loans offered by NetCredit or lending partner banks and serviced by NetCredit. Application subject to review and approval. Learn more at netcredit.com slash partners. NetCredit. Credit to the people. Treat dad to the good stuff at Nordstrom Rack and save big. Father's Day is Sunday, June 16th, and Nordstrom Rack's got gifts dad will love up to 60% off. Shirts activewear, watches, cologne, denim, and more. Find amazing deals on Tommy Bahama, Cole Haan, Original Penguin, and Vince. Great brands, great prices. So get to your Nordstrom Rack store now and make Dad's Day with gifts up to 60% off.